Today in the Dizlist, we discuss the top five things to know before you go on your trip to Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List, a podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Nick. And I'm Rob, and welcome to episode 48, where we discuss the top five things to know before you go on your trip to Walt Disney World. Uh, before we get to the list, I'd just like to take a moment to ask everyone to go to Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube, follow us. We're at Dizlist Pod. Uh, Is TikTok still legal? Uh, I mean, for the time being, I think. But keep going. Yeah, they, they keep putting those challenges up there, and probably not. Um, so, so the other one is, uh, you know, if you've really been enjoying the show, we are live on Patreon now. Uh, www.patreon.com/dizlistpod uh, to go and, and check that out. We have early access to new episodes, all ad free. Additionally, we do at the Jungle Skipper level, we offer bonus content, which will be. Uh, releasing not on Wednesdays, trying to uh, make sure that everybody gets their their dose of the Diz List um, sort of spread out through the, throughout the week. You know, if you don't get enough of us, then uh, you should go check that out. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think our wives are gonna are gonna listen and go. Well, I've had about enough of these two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are not <laughs> subscribers. All right. Now we um, we love our wives. Yes. So uh, this is actually we're recording this about almost a full week after we recorded the main part of the episode. Yeah. Um, this episode is featuring two of our favorite fellow podcasters, uh, Katie and Aaron from Rope Drop and Park Hop. Um, we had such a blast when we recorded with them that we invited them onto our show. Um, it was a great uh, time recording with them, and I did so from the back of my pickup truck. <laughs> now, why did we have to do that? <laughs> so we got the brilliant idea, and I think it was a good idea because everything turned out really well. Yeah, and, and I mean, luckily we ran a couple tests when we yeah when we got them on the call. Yeah, so we have two audio interfaces for you, non-audio um, files. All that means is that we have two things we can plug our mics into, and so we were plugged into two different computers, in the, but we were in the same room. Normally we use one interface, and so there's no echo or feedback. And right, and we're in the same room for right. for people that don't know that. Like I'm, I can look over and see Nick, and he can see me. We're like you know six feet apart. Right, but when we're recording with guests, we're doing so remotely, like they are remote. So we decided to do this to get separate audio tracks, you know, or whatever. And there was a lot of echo on their end. They said so. We were like, hold on. <laughs> so I packed up all my stuff. <laughs> Like ran into my truck, turned on my truck because I have Wi-Fi, and sat and recorded in the front seat of my truck. They posted a picture, like a like a screenshot of the <laughs> of the thing, and it's like, wait, Rob and Nick are not recording in the same place, and Nick looks like he's he's like driving around. What is he going? <laughs> is he going through the McDonald's drive-through? Yeah. So I'm standing there. With, I'm sitting there with my mic and my headset in the front seat of my truck, with it running for 45 minutes while we record, um, but surprisingly the audio turned out really well so um i think it was just one of those funny moments where it was like hold on and i do think that being a teacher made it easier for us because instead of panicking we drop back and punt yeah because we do it all the time how often does our tech go wrong yeah like and not because of our it guy but just because like it just happens yeah it just happens like your your the file you want to show doesn't load up or whatever so i thought that was pretty funny um, and we had a good time and I can't wait for you guys to hear the, the second half of this episode with, uh, rope drop and park hop. If you haven't, uh, gone and checked them out, you really should over on Instagram and, uh, over on Spotify and over on Apple podcasts. They are great. They have uh, a really uplifting Disneyland podcast that is a lot of fun to listen to. If you're like in a grumpy mood or like you need to be cheered up, like the, the two of them are just so happy mm-hmm. and it, I don't know. I just really enjoy listening to them. And they do a lot of Disneyland content. But most more recently, they've been doing cruise, Disney cruise content, Disney World content. So they do a little bit of everything. Well, Katie's a, a travel advisor. So I think that that helps that she sees all the aspects of it. Yeah. Um. So one thing I wanted to talk about also in the top half, and I'm kind of glad we're recording as late as we are yeah. for this. What happened this weekend, Rob? 
Well, Rock and Roller Coaster went down, and every time, um, or excuse me, closed, didn't go down. It goes down on a regular yeah. basis. Going down essentially means like there's something wrong with the ride and it's going right. back up. When they close it for refurbishment, usually we, especially with Rock and Roller Coaster, we get excited because we're like, all right, who's the band going to be? <laughs> Who are they going to put in there? So um, I'll let you elaborate on, yeah. on on the details, and I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, so I knew, really knew one. I really, really was hoping that this was going to be closed and open back up and not be Aerosmith. Not that I hate Aerosmith, but um, I think the Muppets should have been in there. I think Electric Mayhem would have yes, been awesome. I, I'm still down with that. And they have a new show, which I haven't watched yet, but I will. My son which, and I love Muppets. Have you seen it yet? I have not, which is why, though, I thought, because if you there was like a magazine that posted a picture of them and they were in the recording studio. They were in that studio, like everything. It was the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster recording studio. They could have taken that footage and put it in. Well, see, here's the thing. I think that one thing with this ride about changing that over, you could literally do it overnight. Like you, they could not say a word. And one day Uh you show up, Aerosmith isn't on the guitar. And now it says Muppet, you know, Muppet electric mayhem. Yeah. And you walk in and it's, all Muppet because it would I mean they wouldn't have to change anything but the video right and the soundtrack well my newest thought is based on what they've ended up doing with Cosmic Rewind and they have kind of a shuffle of different songs so it, with Rock and Roller Coaster featuring Aerosmith they obviously are paying Aerosmith for use of their name you know, outside the building not technically their logo because they do it in a different font outside the building it's just like this bold font underneath it yeah it's not the Aerosmith uh, proprietary right. one and they're using their likenesses in the video every mm-hmm. single day. So they have to pay them for that. They have to pay them for rights of the music. So I'm wondering if they can do something similar to what they do. And I don't know the legal thing behind it. I just know that you have to pay an artist a certain percentage for every time it plays. It's like when it goes on the radio or yeah. Spotify. Yeah. So my thought was it could just be rock and roller coaster and they could be songs that rotate through. So why not, you know, six songs, right? Uh, similar to what I, I'm pretty sure Cosmic Rewind has five, six, or seven, something like that. Yep. Different at Christmas time. Let's say they get five different rock tunes. Could be, I, I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head. Queen, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, whatever. Yeah. Right. Foo Fighters. If, Foo Fighters. You throw in anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Ton, tons of great big time groups you could put in there. Yeah. I'm wondering what the cost of that would be paying those five, six groups. Versus how much do they have to pay Aerosmith for usage of their oh, likenesses on the video plus the use of their name? There would be no name. It wouldn't say featuring Metallica. You would go in, the ride starts, all of a sudden you're hearing Enter Sandman while you're going around. I would assume that it would be more expensive. Because you're paying five different groups. Well, here, yeah, that and I, I believe that there would probably be an initial cost. Sure. So, like, your initial upfront, like, signing bonus, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whereas they don't have to pay Animal anything, because Animal already plays the drums for Disney. Right, and Disney owns that. Right, and, but, and, and that's an easy fix. Right. I'm I, just, this is the first I, time I've thought of this alternative. I, I thought you mentioned it the last time we talked about it, too. Was I the, don't know. It was I'm, multiple bands. but the, I'm getting old. Yeah. But the uh, either way, I think it's, look, I think that there are, <laughs> I know, in fact, there are people who think that Aerosmith is a fictional band from Disney. <laughs> they don't even realize they're real. Like they don't realize that I can go to their farewell tour this this summer. Is it this summer uh, that they're playing Buffalo? Either way, that they, I don't know. The you, tickets, you, you know I'm not a fan of them. Yeah, I know. I I I don't mind them. And I've seen them. They did a tour with Kiss and we were there and we went to see him and I was like, eh, "Okay." Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. But I I just think that Disney had a chance and they didn't take it. They could have they could have um, could definitely could have rehabbed that and turned it into a different band, but we'll see. Could because it doesn't take much to make that switch. You wouldn't need to do a re, a refurb. The good news is that the launch system apparently is what they were working on, mm-hmm. and that is what was causing it to go down so frequently. So we should see less downtime. Good of that ride. Excellent. But, yeah. So uh, you want to head off into the halftime shows and then come back and and. Talk to uh, Katie and Aaron. Yeah, well, our halftime show today is is brought brought to us by a friend of the show. Yeah, person we've mentioned before. Yeah, so so we have uh, you know our patron shout out is is uh, Mr. Brian V, um, and he 
is also a proprietor of a wonderful um, pizza shop up in Rochester. Oh, my uh, God. It's unbelievable. Called, it's, it's in Rochester, New York. Yep. Yeah, called Pizza Wizard. Yeah. I've, eat, I've eaten there a lot. Uh, actually, a good friend of mine, one of the guys in my band, also works there, too. Yeah. My friend so, Jay. So um, go check out Pizza Wizard up in Rochester and tell them the Dizlist sent you. Uh, and then you will probably get to talk to him all about uh, Dizlis episodes because he is a, a loyal patron. So thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for tuning in. All right. And we'll see you real soon. Whoa, I can't say that. No. Jeez, people are going to think the episode's over. We'll see you after the- real shortly. <laughs> <laughs> today uh today's episode we're doing the top five things you need to know before you go and we're here with some special guests aaron and katie from rope drop park hop thank you so much for joining us we're very excited to have you guys thank you so Um, much for having us my gosh it it was it was so great being on your show we just knew we had to do another collaboration and get together yeah we got a lot of positive feedback enormous feedback it was great and i i know that we had some friends that always listen to us that then jumped over and listened to you guys and vice versa. So thank mm-hmm. you guys for having us. And we need to hurry up and get that part two done where we talk about what Disneyland does better. Cause I feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. There is some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the last episode that we just recorded that will be coming out very soon. It's, it's funny now when I go to, even though we're obviously we're very Disney world centric, um, Nick will notice this too, that I will throw in my two cents with, oh yeah. And on the West coast, blah, 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 blah. Just, yeah. It's kind know. of fun it's, when you can compare the two coasts and see how they yeah. run things a little differently. And obviously it's, you know, it's going to be 95% Disney world, but I don't know, it, just having that experience and, and teaching people a little bit about what it's like on out on Disney, the West coast, Disneyland. I, I just think it's great. It's a good little selling point too. So, um, Aaron and Katie, welcome to the show. Um, love listening to your show. Um, I was just asking you questions about something that happened last episode. So, you, listeners, you're going to have to tune in and and find out what happened. Find out about the <laughs> recording time. Find out about what's going on with the vehicle. Uh, but, hey, you got to tune in and, and find out. It's very interesting, very exciting. Right. Always is. There's your teaser. Um, the, the two of you have a great rapport. Always fun to listen to. Always makes me smile and laugh. You guys do a great job. So can you start off just by uh, letting our listeners know a little bit about kind of what your background is with Disney and how you started doing the podcast? Yeah. So I grew up going to Disney. I've been my mom is from Southern California. So our family vacations kind of centered around going to visit family and then we'd go to Disneyland. Back then it was just you just go for the day. Right. And that wasn't the long vacations that people do now. I was actually telling my son the other day, I have a very distinct memory of camping in the parking lot that is now California Adventure in the back of a camper shell on my dad's pickup. We spent the night there and then we'd go into the park for the day and then be done. And I think tickets wow. were around 25 bucks for the day back then. That's aging me a little bit. <laughs> but That's so cool. Anyway, so I, I've loved Disney my whole life. I'm a huge Disney movie fan, all the Disney things. I didn't actually go to Disney World until 2019 for my first time. So oh, wow. Disneyland, I would say, is my home park. And I've been countless times. And so that's that's my Disney story. What about you, Aaron? And I grew up on the East Coast. So I grew up in upstate New York. Not quite as upstate as y'all, but still. And um, as a kid, we used to go to Magic Kingdom. I never went to Epcot as a child, but we went to Magic Kingdom plenty. And then when I was 13, we moved to Utah. And then when I was 16, we moved to Idaho. And I, as a college student, decided we had a wedding we were going to in Southern California. And we decided to hit Disneyland for a day. And I fell in love with it. And then once I had kids and took my kids there, that's when it really, like that was my real connection point. And so it's a place where we... All as a family, I have three kids now. And as a family, we all have something we love there. And it's just the one place that we can all agree on and go back time and time again and have a really great time. That's great. I, I love hearing that. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's the big thing for me too, is like getting to see it go through your kids, living through your kids' eyes there is is what hooked me. You know, I, I've i I've told the story on the podcast before how I'm, I'm a newbie, right? 2019 was my first trip. So, so Katie, I think, you know, you and I are equal experience at Disney World, I guess at this point. Yeah. But um, the reality is that when you go and you see it through your kids' eyes, you know, you have to make it, uh, you know, oh, yeah. every and every year tradition or, or as often as you can tradition so and then what ends up happening is you, you well you create a monster like me who's you know been going <laughs> here i'm holding up a picture of me and donald duck when i was little yeah. you know and cute, cute. just i just love it you know it's it never it just had such a big impact on me when i was little so taking younger kids is mm. it's it's a great thing so it is uh, it's magical good, and as much job, as we team. love taking our kids we don't mind leaving them home and doing adults only <laughs> trips either so <laughs> right <laughs> We'll we'll eventually get there, Rob. We'll we'll make enough money doing this that we can uh, that we can take our own trip. <laughs> that you can Probably justify not. that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. We're we're gonna get off to our, our list here. And we thought this was a good list for you you guys to be on with because you have a different perspective being from kind of being you know, Disneylanders and and also because uh Katie, you do a lot of the you do you're a travel advisor. So I think yeah. it's important to look at it from the the warnings you might give your clients as well as like the things that we tell friends. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see, see how this list goes out. We are going to go first to allow you guys to have, have the, uh, the grand finale when it's, when it's time to finish it all off. Yeah, um, no, that's perfect. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, Rob, did you want to go ahead and, and give our number five reason or things to know? Normally um, on our show, uh, Nick and I will go back and forth, but we we did this one together today at work. And shockingly, we were very similar on what mm-hmm. we had for our list. And we kind of rearranged a little bit. Um, but as far as know before you go, um, what our number five is, is how are you getting there? OK, you yeah. got to know how you're getting there. And there's multiple facets to that. And we'll kind of go back and forth on on a couple of these is. Um, one of the biggies is the transportation from the airport is not free anymore. And we we have kind of a, a funny surprise story. The, the last time we went, we we booked this car service and uh, went down to um, we we're in Orlando Airport, and went down to wait for the, you know, the SUV that I booked positive because I went back in and looked it up after you hear what <laughs> happened. <laughs> So we're waiting for our SUV to pull up and all of a sudden a stretch limo comes around the corner. I'm like, oh, wonder if someone famous is going to get in this limo. <laughs> we're looking around. There's no one around. Like uh, the person comes out and apparently they were there for us. Oh. And we, we, <laughs> we got in the limo and my wife's like, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, look, look, it says SUV right here. And then, Nick, you finished this part of the story. Yeah. So. So we took the same car service. I had, I had told Rob about the car service. We show up, we have a beautiful, like, um, you know, typical black Aho that's, you know, like you'd see in a typical car service. Um, but then when we got picked up, we got picked up by the limo that Rob <laughs> went in. So it was kind of funny. We, we bookended the trip with, with yeah. surprise limo trips. The kids that's thought it was so awesome. funny. So. That is awesome. Well, we talked yeah. to, we have a whole episode on ours cause we're obviously the opposite coast and we have a whole episode cause you know, when you go to Disney World, you're basically flying into Orlando. There's some smaller options, right? But most everybody who's going to Walt Disney World is going to fly into Orlando. And everybody right. who goes to Disneyland thinks that they're going to LAX. And we talk a lot about there are five or six different airports within a two hour drive of Disneyland that we prefer over LAX. Mm-hmm. We actually avoid LAX. So for us, that's a great tip because it's one of our very first episodes. We talk about the different airports if you're headed to Disneyland. Have you flown into Long Beach? Oh, it's our favorite. Too. It's Long our very oh, really? favorite. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. My, my buddy that I stayed with uh, lives right in Long Beach. We probably should uh-huh. have done that. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. And it's not very far from Disneyland. It's a lot closer than LAX. The airport only is 11 gates. So it's a very tiny little airport. And it's okay. very quintessential Southern California. It's a really cute, great. sweet little airport. Yeah. Long, mm. Long Beach is a great little city. It's great. It is, I, I didn't realize it was its it's its own city. And I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think of the different boroughs in New York and it, it actually is very much like that because mm-hmm, there's yeah. skyscrapers in Long Beach. It's mm-hmm. not just that. Like it's its own right. little city like Brooklyn or Queens or, or, or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Nick, you have a few more that you want to mention here? Yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, even when you, so once you get to the airport, once you decide, am I going into N- MCO or am I going into Sanford? And then once you decide how you're going to get there, you know, there are some things that might actually cost less than you expect. Uber and Lyft are not as expensive to get to your resort as you might think. So, you know, th- that's something to consider. I have not done the Sunshine Flyer or the Mirrors Connect, mostly out of protest because I'm still upset that they took, you know, m- Magical the Express. Magical Express. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just me. I, to me, I'll pay for if I'm going to pay for something, I'm going to ride in in style and I'm going to get there um, before everybody and not going to have to wait in line. That's just my opinion on the whole, uh, you know, how to get there. Um, but that brings us to your number five. I'm excited to hear what you guys say is number five things you need to know before you go. So <laughs> this number five reason is why we started the podcast, to be honest. Like oh, this was oh, our, okay. our motivation to start the podcast was um, in, the, in the thick of the pandemic and Disneyland was about to reopen and reservations were put in place and people did not know or we're not paying attention or Disney didn't do a good job making people aware that reservations were necessary. And so Aaron and I got together and said, Hey, we need to help people get ready for a Disney trip. And so this was our number one reason for that. And so our number five tip is make reservations before you go to the park, which will be going away for Disney world, right? In January, mm-hmm. yeah. starting in 2024, Disneyland has yet to announce that they're doing that yet. So still reservations for Disneyland. Um, And then to go along with that, Aaron wrote down. Use a travel planner. (laughs) Use a travel planner. Because it's, you know, it's, it's one of the things that comes bundled in when you use a travel planner, they make reservations for you. And aside from just park reservations, dining reservations, if you want to have one of those iconic character meals, you've got to reserve it two months out. If you want to sit down for us again, you know, we focus on Disneyland a little bit more, but if you want to go to Blue Bayou, which is a pretty unique dining experience. If that's something you oh, want to yeah. do, it books quickly. So make the reservations. If you don't want the hassle of getting up in the morning to do it and having to remember and set alarms on your phone, get a travel planner <laughs> to do it for you. And then you don't have to keep track of what's 60 days out and what's 30 days out and what's 120 days out, all of that. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it's kind of funny that you guys have that at number five because we're going to we're going to slide right in with our number four and piggyback and talk with you perfect so our, our number our number four is actually plan plan and plan uh and yep. if you're not a planner get a travel planner because mm-hmm. yeah. you're gonna you're not gonna be able to handle it um you know i'm at day 68 right now yay i get <gasps> yay, to make my, my i get to make my adrs next week and you know it's one of those things where my wife is super like that's something she's really looking forward to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we use a travel planner for the dining reservations, that would bother her. But I also <laughs> yeah. think that that like that even people who are going like I didn't even realize until just recently that as long as it's and correct me if I say something wrong here, Katie. But um, is it like a four day park ticket? Then like you can technically go through a travel planner. You don't even necessarily have to have you guys book the rooms. Right. Right. Correct. I think um, at Disneyland, it's three days or more. Disney World is four days or more. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like listeners who don't want to don't want to be stuck planning because there's a lot to plan. There's a lot. Then use a travel planner. I mm-hmm. agree. Rob, what do, you, what do you have to say about the planning? Uh, I have gone through a travel planner before and it went really well. So uh, I went through a local friend who works through AAA and he did a lot of that for me. But I, the only reason I haven't recently is because I've just become so obsessed with it and I want to kind of do it all myself. And I, I sort of see it as a challenge, but I know that there's also people that don't want to deal with that at all. And they throw their hands up and they're like, I just want to show up and have a good time and a vacation. And that's fine too. But I, I honestly feel like when I got started and I went through my friend, he did such a nice job and put, put me at ease. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been a million times when I was a kid, but once I started going with my family, he was very helpful in letting me know what uh, resorts to go to. Cause I didn't know anything about the resorts. I stayed mm-hmm. with my family in Orlando and we would drive over with the family and we'd go to Disney for the day and then drive back to, to the house. So all the resorts are brand new to me as of the last uh, eight, nine years that I've been going with my family. But so that's new and exciting for me. And, and he helped me 
with letting me know what the different ones are available. And he would send me quotes with you could try this or that or this with prices. He was really, really great. So I highly, highly recommend the travel planner. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Yes. And at the risk, I mean, I don't want to sound like a commercial at all, but when you use a travel planner, you can be as hands on or as hands off as you want to with them. Mm-hmm. Like I have, Great. I have clients that still make their own dining reservations or do their own park reservations. Um, so really just, if you use a travel planner, just be upfront about what you want to handle yourself and what you'd like them to handle. And the flip side of that coin too, is let's say you're going and you're staying at a timeshare off property and you're getting military salute tickets things that a travel planner is not going to do for you, but you really don't want to deal with making your own reservations. That sounds terrible. I think a lot of travel planners would offer, they do, right? Mm -hmm. They offer fee for service type of thing. So if you have a package that you're booking that has nothing to do with a travel planner, you're able to pay a travel planner to take care of those dining reservations for you. They can charge you a fee and do that. And sometimes that is just amazing and takes the weight off of your shoulders and helps you get those things done. And I know Katie specifically has an app that she uses that alerts her to when dining reservations open. So those really popular ones that you may not be able to get, Mm -hmm. that you're waiting to get, instead of checking every day, every hour, hoping to get Ohana, you know, you're able to pass that off to your travel planner and she gets the alert on her phone when something opens and can score it for you. That is fantastic. I'm going to be completely honest too, is I didn't know, like I said, that I could do this. I could, I could involve a travel planner with as little as like, you know, just park tickets. And, you know, we have friends, you know, both through the podcast community and local friends who are travel planners that, you know, they're small businesses. And so Mm -hmm. to me, if I, if, if I want to be as hands-on as I want to be, and then if I don't get that ADR and I say, Hey, Katie, you know, I really tried to get Topolino's breakfast on this day. We weren't able to get it at 60 days, but you know, if something pops up, and mm-hmm. you'd possibly do it. If I've booked my tickets through you, I'm, I'm, or if I've done some of the portions through you, because for me as a DVC owner, I'm not booking a hotel package. Right. You know, it's, I'm still getting those services. And then also like you, you're still getting supported as a small business. And so I think right. that's the important thing to, for people. And, and you don't feel bad that it might sound like a commercial. It should be a commercial because <laughs> the, reality, yeah. the reality is what you guys do is, is important for families who have no clue. Cause then, the people who don't have a clue show up and all of a sudden they're standing outside of Disney World with no park reservations or with with no no dining reservations trying to get into, you know, Skipper's Canteen at 630 yeah. at night. And it's yeah. not happening. Right. Yeah. Those so. are sad stories. Yeah. And that, they, that they travel planning are. fee is built into your Disney package. Yeah. When you buy your tickets or your hotel, Disney is already charging you a travel planning fee, whether you use an agent or not. Right. Which is why I will... From now on, be supporting my my fellow <laughs> my, my friendly uh, travel planners. Um, that, <laughs> Thank you for that. We since we kind of piggybacked off of your number five with our number four of plan plan plan. That brings mm-hmm. us to your number four, which is kind of similar in a different area. We talk about on our podcast a lot about being prepared, and part of what that and we're going to talk a little bit more further on, down our list about this. But in this in this particular aspect. Uh, we talk about packing a good bag and wearing good shoes. And so, ah. <laughs> which I know you guys have talked about. And we, we've uh, also discussed your shoes, Rob. We know. We know that this yeah. is something you could use a little help in. <laughs> Nick literally was making fun of me about this a half an hour ago. Yes, I was. And I don't but think it's know, ever going to go away, but it's fine. I goofed up. Don't take your brand new Air Jordans. Is that what they were? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, don't take yeah. those. Those aren't going to yeah. work for you at Disneyland. You want to take a shoe yep. that you're comfortable in at home that you've broken in, um, something that you know you can spend long hours in. I've had days at Disneyland where I've walked 30,000 steps in a day. So you're going to be putting in the miles. You want to have a comfortable shoe. And then a, a well-packed bag is also super important. We talk, and I don't think they're as bad at Disney World. Are your straws terrible? At Walt Disney World? Oh, they're awful. They're They're awful. (laughs) I think Disneyland's are worse. I don't know how they could be. Oh, maybe they're the same. I really feel like... I can tell you they're also not gluten-free. Right, Rob? They're not gluten-free, are they? That's how I was waiting to jump in and say that. Yeah. So do you get... That's a real deal. Yeah. Yeah. The paper straws are made with, you know, wheat paste, gluten. That's how they stay solid. So... Okay, um, so basically, they don't stay solid. 
No. Disneyland's do not stay solid. So I think no. di- I, if I remember correctly in January, I don't remember being super complaining about the straws at Disneyland yeah. within a, within 10 minutes. They're bent in half and they're yeah. falling apart. So we always talk about bring a straw, bring some snacks. A lot of people don't realize that you can enter a Disney park with snacks in your bag and with your own drinks. You don't have to. A lot of places don't allow you to bring your own food in. Disney does. So pack some snacks, pack some food, a battery pack. We love fuel rods because we can change them out at the parks and they don't weigh a lot. So just pack a really great bag and wear some really comfortable shoes. Yeah. I mean, we talk about packing quite a bit um, and we talk about the shoes multiple times (laughs) because of Rob's trip to Disneyland. And and it's totally fine. And, and, you know, listeners are going to remember that and it's going to stick in their heads and you learn from mistakes, which is ironic because I've talked about how you need to wear good shoes and I just... Yeah. You know, you, you goof up and you make mistakes and you learn and it's all good. I'm more than happy to take, you know, the fire from Nick on a regular basis about yeah, it. That was, that was nice of you to do that research for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, Rob, you want to go ahead and give us our number three? Yeah. Number three. Um, this one came to mind because of a recent story. A friend of mine, we were helping with learn about Disney a little bit. It's our friend from Pizza Wizard. It's our friend, Brian. I don't know if anyone listened to that episode, but. So Brian sent me a message. I was actually sitting with Nick at the time and Brian asked how he, so he was staying at the beach club and he wanted to know how he could get over to the monorail and get over to the magic kingdom. In my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's incredibly complicated. Do you have a park hopper? Can you go through Epcot? Like all these things went through my head. And I guess the reason is, is just know how the transportation works there. Maybe look at a map and see, okay, my hotel is here. There isn't a sidewalk to walk all the way around to the front of Epcot to take that monorail up there. That doesn't work that way. Okay, where where does the Skyliner go? Which resorts does it go to? Does the Skyliner go all the way over to Disney Springs? Not yet, maybe someday. But our number three is on resort transportation. Get to know what you can do and what is available where. So there's quite a bit to that. Nick, yeah. you want to uh, elaborate a little bit more on that? I think it's even more important to not even just know about the on-resort transportation before you go, but before you book. Because like, if you think, oh, I can't wait to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge because I want to see the Savannah. And then you wake up and you're like, so I have to ride this smelly bus everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Even it's to Animal Kingdom. It's the furthest away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it's the furthest like, south. Because you didn't, because you didn't budget for um, Lyft every day mm-hmm. or you didn't rent a car. You're, I mean, you're stuck with that bus and that's not a great proposition. It's just not, uh, that doesn't mean I don't want to stay at animal kingdom lodge. It means that I'll either rent a car or budget a lift because I'm not going to rely on Disney buses, which are notoriously not predictable. The, but like, don't go into, for instance, like Rob said, don't book an Epcot, uh, hotel thinking, well, the monorail goes to Epcot. So that, so an Epcot area hotel would have access to the monorail not the way it goes and so you just need to know ahead of time and then budget properly because if you if you have the money for the lift if you have the money for for the uber or you know whatever you're taking the wherever ride share you're using i think you know that is a great way to get to places quickly but you got to know that it's going to cost you money obviously at peak hours when they have that surge pricing going on so getting to know the on resort transportation and even within your own like hotel like saratoga if you're at saratoga or if you're at Old Key West, the buses or Caribbean resort. I'm going to DVCs because that's where my mind is. But like, you know, Caribbean. I know Fort Fort Wilderness does for sure. Yeah. But yeah, on resort transportation is important. What do you guys think? I think that was my biggest fear. So we went as a family in 2021 to Walt Disney World. And that was my first time back as an adult. I went as a kid a few times, you know, but that was my first time taking my family. We stayed off property. We rented a car. We had no issues. We just drove ourselves. But when we just went in January, that was my first time staying on property. And that was my big, Katie will tell you, that was the thing I was most nervous about is trying to figure out where to go. And it's almost like you don't understand it until you do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if you're staying at, we stayed at several different resorts, but for example, we stayed at um, Pop one night. And even if you have dinner reservations at Steakhouse 71 and you've got to get to the Contemporary, There's not a bus that takes you from pop to the contemporary. Mm -hmm. You have to take two different. Yeah. And so it's it's important to kind of understand what you're doing. You can't go resort to resort on buses. 
It's yep. very challenging to get resort to resort unless you're staying like on a boat route or a Skyliner Skyline. route, something like that. So yeah, that's a great tip because the transportation, it's just such, what is it? What do they say on the Skyliner? It's twice the size, the island of Manhattan. Uh-huh. Like there's just so much ground yeah. to cover and yeah. it's not easy. Yes. And you got to give yourself time, plenty of time, like you said earlier. And, and also um, Magic Kingdom is its own beast for transportation because if you take an Uber or Lyft that's not a minivan, it drops you off far away from the park and then you still have another 15, 20 minutes to get into the park. Yeah, you get out and you're like, yeah. where am I? Yes. Where did they yeah. just drop me off? <laughs> right. Where does the minivan take you? The minivan takes you right up to the gate. Well, right where the yeah. buses are. Really? Oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Uh, yeah, yep. so that's a hack. <laughs> the, the, taking uh, the minivan is a bit more expensive, but yes. it does do that for you. All what right. I would also say is there is a sneaky way that sometimes some gate people aren't so happy with, but they do work, <laughs> is sometimes you can get dropped off at uh, Bay Lake Tower or at the contemporary and walk. Mm. Now I wouldn't say that's oh, a, yeah. I would, I wouldn't say go breaking rules, but if you happen to have a reservation, for instance, at um, chef Mickey's, or if you have a reservation at steakhouse 71 for breakfast, that's a way to go to go there. Don't take the lift from there. That would be silly to take a lift or something from Bay Lake or from, uh, from the contemporary over to magic kingdom. Yeah. That's, that's an another, easy five minute walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And lift, lift runs minivans, right? Yes. Lift. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I would say that my in my experience, lift pricing is slightly less at Disney World. And I think that's a feature of the fact that they have a partnership with oh, uh, interesting with Disney. They were hmm. not by a lot, but it was like two dollars cheaper every time I looked last summer when we because we did it a, a few times, right, Rob? I think we did yeah. three, yep. three or four. And every time I looked, the lift was definitely like three or four bucks cheaper. So yeah, I, just thought, I do it pretty often. It's yeah. um I don't know if I don't know if I've ever even done Uber before. I think I've always just done Lyft. Yeah, over at Disneyland, transportation wise, it's a lot simpler because the parks are right next to each other. So park hopping is super yeah. easy. If you're staying at a resort that is not walking distance, um, they do have a paid non-Disney sponsored transportation option called Art um, that you can pay a daily fee to be able to ride a little shuttle to and from the parks. But it's pretty easy to get to know. Well, and that's a question I see pop up on forums a lot for people who are Walt Disney World travelers heading to Disneyland. They ask frequently, you know, how do we get from one park to the other? Uh, you <laughs> walk across a football field size. Uh, it's Esplanade. called Esplanade, but it's it's so close and so easy and it's super easy. You know, at Walt Disney World, one park per day works fine for me because mm-hmm. it's such a hassle to travel between parks. And at Disneyland, I don't often go without hoppers because it's so easy to bounce back and forth between the parks. So. Yep. That's another yeah, difference. That makes sense. All right. So that was our number three uh, on resort transportation, which leads us to your number three. What do you have? Oh, this is this is our our podcast Uh-oh. title. <laughs> Rope drop. Yes. Yeah. So we highly, highly recommend if you want to get the most out of your park day, get there before park opening. So up to an hour before park opening is ideal so that you can get through security and be towards the front of the lines waiting for the gates to open. And those first couple of hours of the park being open, it's quiet. People are not awake yet. So you get the most bang for your buck there. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll go into and do a little like shopping and we won't actually buy anything, but we'll walk all around and see what they have. Um, and then we feel like, OK, good. On the way out, we know we we're going to get uh, X, Y and Z. Uh, and then you can go. Like, just like you said, go right up and go on the ride that you want. And mm-hmm. then later, if you go in the middle of the day, it's like shoulder to shoulder and people are breathing on you and kids are running all around. So it's, that's excellent advice is, is and actually, up for sure. The weather is almost always nicest in the morning, too. I have to say mm-hmm. it hasn't heated up yet. Um, it's usually not rainy in the morning. The rain happens in the afternoon. So that's just yeah. it's beautiful to be there on a Disney morning bright and early. Definitely. Oh, I've. I will say, I know that one time somebody said to me, well, so you're, let me get this straight. You're going to wait in a line so you don't have to wait in a line. <laughs> and the answer is, yep. And the yep. reason being is that, that the reason I'm waiting in that line is the park's not open yet. When I, if I go at park, like if I show up at park opening and go and stand in seven doors, mine train line, say, and it's 80 minutes long, that's 80 minutes. I'm standing in that line while, while the park is open. As mm-hmm. opposed to standing standing for an hour, you know, at the gates 
when the park's not open. It's, I'm not missing out on anything. I'm okay standing in that line, not missing out on stuff. I'm not okay with standing in, in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train for 80 minutes, knowing that when I'm off that, now, now Peter Pan's going to be a 90-minute wait. And when I'm done with Peter Pan, now, okay, well, it's hot out. So, you know, last summer, Splash Mountain is now an hour and a half. Now, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yes, always, I will always rope drop at least one day at every park on my trip. Well, and to add to that, Disneyland runs security a bit differently than Walt Disney World does. We don't have the pass through yet. You guys have that. We don't. You have Mm. to stop. You have to open up your bag. They look through every pocket of your bag. You have to empty your stroller out. And then you go through metal detectors. And for the first two hours that the park is open, no matter what time you show up during that time, there's going to be a line at security and it's going to move slowly. Why not get there and get that done? Like you said, while the rides aren't operating, get that done so that when the rides are operating, you're ready. You're in the park. If you show up when the park opens, you're going to spend that first hour waiting in a security line, just like you could have done an hour ago. So, yeah, you make way better use of your time. And I'm not a morning person, but yeah, it's just something about Disney mornings. It smells better. I don't know. It's just (laughs) lovely. It's lovely to be there. And we did a we did a morning I think they called it early morning magic or something. I can't remember. It was a ticketed event for Toy Story Land. We did that my first year there because, you know, we were doing everything because we were only going once. And um, <laughs> I, famous last words. I, yeah. I remember sending a picture to Rob and it was it was back across like by Gertie there, the, the dinosaur. And it was and the sunrise was coming. It was like mm. you could see the sunrise. And that's when I realized like this was this was worth the ticketed yeah. event, really. And I never used to rope drop. We used to not. We used to be the sleeper inners. And then it was kind of a bucket listing for me. I thought, okay, fine. I'm going to do it one time just to do it. Because like I said, I don't love mornings. And uh, I did it. And it just feels so special. And it just feels so nice and different that that's the only way I do it now. Well, well, you know, what's interesting is that you guys have mentioned a couple of times in this discussion that that when you rope drop, the weather is better. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that transitions, you guys are great at segues. So, so yeah. we're going we to we transition and segue. Yeah. And our number two yep. is know the weather before you go. Know yes. what it's going to be like. Yes. Because what it's like Rob wrote down when he sent me his list uh, to compare. He was like hot. Florida is hot as the sun. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. that's funny because it's obviously not quite, but it's pretty hot. <laughs> but it's not. But like, it's not just that, because one of the things we just did an episode about things you need to have in your suitcase. And I said, warm clothing. Like if you don't look ahead at the weather and see that overnight, maybe it might get lower or you're going for a Thanksgiving time trip or you're going for a spring break trip and there happens to be a cold snap. Know the weather before you go, because nothing can make you more miserable than not being prepared for the weather with clothes, with shoes, with with sunblock, with, you know, uh, a UV umbrella. I know that that's something Rob always talks about is being prepared for the sun, being prepared for the rain. Yeah. Uh, funny story from our last trip in Disneyland. I had the backpack with a jacket and a hoodie in there. And our, you know, our family wore in normal clothes, you know, long pants and a sweatshirt. By the end of the night, I was wearing T-shirt and jeans and all of my warm clothes were on my family members because it went from being really warm and, you know, that the the sun was really warm and it felt great. And then by the time we were wrapping up at the end of our Disneyland day, everybody was freezing. I mean, I'm pretty used to it. I can 50 degrees can walk around in a T-shirt doesn't bother me as much, but it bothers them. So I'm I'm divvying up all my clothing to them. And again, I, 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 this always happens when we even go to Disney World and it's it's like the surface of the sun outside. Then you go into a restaurant or you go into Country Bear. And I we always get when they were little, they don't do this anymore. They go, I am cold. <laughs> and then out, out comes the sweatshirts and we and but you got to be got to be ready for that. You know, some people are sensitive to temperatures. Yeah. And Disney is happy to sell you things to, <laughs> to fill the gaps. But <laughs> yeah. So what will they sell you, Nick? What are they going to sell you? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna try to sell me an $80 spirit jersey. 
and a, and a poncho and yeah, an umbrella. Oh They'll sell it all to you. Oh <laughs> we talk Lord. a lot about layering because California's weather is pretty predictable. It's pretty much the same year round. It's going to be cool in the morning, nice in the afternoon, cool in the evening, little chance of rain, very little most of the time. This year's been the exception. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talk about layering in the morning. I'm I'm always comfortable in a pair of shorts. And a t-shirt with something long sleeve over top. And then halfway through the day, that goes around my waist for a few hours in the afternoon. And then as soon as the sun sets, I put my long sleeve back on and I'm good to go. And so we talk a lot about layering. I know it's a little bit different when you're in Florida, but in California, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to do that. We've gone though, what was it last February? We went down for an event and it was... First weekend in February, and it was mm-hmm. 91 degrees on the day that we were there. And we had well, a marathon day that day. It so was crazy. It was, it was rough. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But I've also been to Disney World when it was below freezing one time. Uh, January, when was that? Same year, last 20, year. 2022. 2022. Mm-hmm. January 20. Yeah. It was 32 degrees and windy, and I'm in a winter jacket in my pictures at Disney wow. World. So. You never yeah. know. That's the thing is you really do need to know what the weather is going to be because you yep. got to make sure you pack appropriately. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Or, you know, and it, almost like clockwork, if you're in Disney World in the summer, you know that at four o'clock, four it's o'clock. going to you get a downpour yep. for anywhere yep. from five minutes to an hour and it just uh-huh. pours and pours. So, again, you know, bring rain gear, bring a, a hoodie for when it's cold inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, weather is our number two. I like so, it. All right. Like so, it so what's your number two? So one of my favorite tips that I share, and we've shared this on our podcast before, is as you're budgeting and as you're preparing to go get the gift cards, buy Disney gift cards. And there's ways oh, to save yeah. money on them. You can buy them just as part of your budget. You know, go to Target and get yourself a 25 or a $50 gift card every time you go through the store, whatever. But if you have a Target Red card, you're able to save 5% every time you purchase one of those. Um, Costco and Sam, no, not Costco, Sam's Club. Sam's Club often runs specials. In fact, I think they might have one going either right now or it just ended. But a $200 gift card was $185 and that's a 7% savings. And so that's a couple of churros. (laughs) (laughs) And so buying those ahead of time, you can use those to pay for your Disney Resort Hotel day. You can use those to pay for your tickets. You can use those to pay for parking. You can use them to pay for dining. You can use them to pay for souvenirs. There's so many things that you can pay for at Disney on Disney property with a gift card. And it's a great way to save some money because it's really hard to save money at Disney any other way. Right. (laughs) And you can combine your gift cards into fewer gift cards. So if you're buying a bunch of them, you don't have to take 50 gift cards with you. You can combine them down. You can combine up to a thousand dollars on one gift card. Yep. So I am the king of this. Okay, yeah, Nick I like has it. been doing this for years. And awesome. I pay my DVC dues with gift cards. Oh wow. Smart. I pay I pay for all of our dining with gift cards um when we go and for all of our souvenirs with gift cards. And I don't actually bring the gift cards with me to the park. I you know just put it on my charge it to the room and then as long as depending on the level of hotel you're staying at. So if you're at a deluxe, I think it's $750 is the max. And then once it gets to 750, it pushes out to your credit card on file. And I think it's 500 for the other hotels. I can't remember exactly, but different, different hotels. So deluxe moderate value have different thresholds at which point they'll push it out to your credit card. And mm-hmm. as long as you go out there before then you can pay it down. Uh, BJ's is always 4% mm. off. Um, usually twice a year. Best Buy does. You can buy up to two a day of the $50 cards and they're 10% off. Nice. Um, and if, and usually credit cards that have cash back rewards do not have that blacked out. So you can do a, you can actually um, stack that. So you can do it like a 5% cash back. If it's having, if it's at entertainment stores that month or if it's mm-hmm. 3% cash back or if it's 1%, it doesn't matter what it is. Usually you can stack that. So I am all on board for that. In fact, we did a top five, ways to save money episode a while back and that was on my list i can't remember if it was number one but it was way up there um, it's a great way to save money absolutely anybody who doesn't know about it needs to know about it and the combining Mm -hmm. them is super easy that website is very easy to get used to Mm -hmm. and like just upload your stuff and i take a card i take a physical card because i'm mostly because i don't i haven't ever stayed on disneyland property 
I just usually will stay at one of the hotels across the street. And so I don't have a way to charge it to my room and pay it off with my gift card that way. So I will always have a physical card. And one of the other tips that I always share is once you combine everything, leave a blank card with a zero balance on your account so that if somehow you lose the card that you have on your person or it is stolen from you, you can immediately log into your account and transfer that balance onto the card that you don't have with you that maybe you've thrown away, but your balance is safe. And then you can go purchase another $5 gift card at the counter at World of Disney and have a brand new card where you can move all of the money back to it and you protect your money that way too. Aaron, I knew there was a reason I liked you so much because I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I leave I leave an empty one in our safe in the room. But like, just like you say, even if it's at home, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be in Florida or in California with you. You transfer it to that one and you pick up a $5 one and then you transfer it back and you're fine. Yep. Yep. It's It's... It, it really is a very smart way. Now they'll tell you there's warnings when you go on there. This of is course. not a digital wallet and this is not, you know, don't treat it as a digital wallet, but it's as close to a digital wallet as it can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And side convenient. tip to that too. We all have kids similar ages. It's a great way yeah. to curb the mom. Can I get this dad? Will you buy me this? We give our kids each a Disney gift card when we're going and they have that value. Yeah. And that's once it's gone, it's gone. And, you know, whether it's $50 yep. or $100, if you spend it on day one, sorry, you have no money the rest of the time. You knew that going into it. And it's a great way for them to not beg for everything they see. Yeah, we started doing that. I think, Rob, you, you do that too, right? Yep, I do that too. And then they can ask, uh, how much money do I have left on my card? Mm-hmm. And we could always bring it up and show them the balances. I, I can remember, I, haven't, I don't think we did this last trip, but I remember within our Disney account, there was like a regular one and then one for my daughter, one for my son. Right. We could open it up and show them how much uh, money they had or how much was left or why it was zero over and over. Right. It's still right. zero, still <laughs> yeah. zero. Yeah. And, you know, kids are kids are, <laughs> are crazy and they lose things all the time. And so that also protects their souvenir money because same thing, you can transfer their money off of their card when they inevitably lose it. So I love gift cards. I think it's a great way to have spending money for Disney. So, uh, Rob, you want to go ahead and, and pick off the number one. Why don't you guys your... ever drum roll your number ones? Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, well, let's we hear can. it. Let's Hold hear on. it. We, we have, we're going to debut this right now. I'm shockingly, oh. you oh. set us up for this. What? This, yeah. <laughs> okay, Rob, what is it? Number one, how my Disney experience works. That app is like, <laughs> my God, you can't live without it anymore. <laughs> I mean, if you you show up and like you're not planning ahead and someone goes, well, you need to look on the My Disney Experience app and you go, what's that? Everything is there. And I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you you're saying to yourself right now and no offense, if you're saying I don't know what the My Disney Experience app is. It is mandatory. I mean, I I don't even know how else to describe it. Everything is there. I mean, it is it can be your room key. It it is if you want to purchase Genie Plus, if you want to look at regular Genie to see what's going on, um, all your photos are there. Um, I mean, what else, Nick? I mean, it's everything. Mobile mobile ordering for food. Oh, yeah. Uh, Getting a dining reservation, checking to see if a ride is open or what ride time, what ride times are at ride wait times are at. It's. it's I don't like that I have to look at my phone the entire time but Mm. I mean I also like that I'm efficient with it and I can do that and and quickly move move on but I I can't imagine showing up and not knowing that that was a thing and having to figure it out because you'd be in trouble that's the biggest no before you go so much crucial stuff is there Mm -hmm. I mean it really is I wish we had thought of that as our number one I wish that was our number one Spoiler alert. It, it is. is. Oh, <laughs> drum roll. Throw in the drum roll. Now, now, now. There it is. Okay, now say it again. We have the same thing. Play with the app before you go. We're, ours is not my Disney experience. It's just the Disneyland app on the West Coast. But oh, yeah. Get on there. Walk around the park. We talked to our listeners about that. Like get in the app and walk around the park. Know that when you head left, you're going to get Indiana Jones and the Jungle Cruise. Mm -hmm. When you head right, you're going to hit Space Mountain and Autopia. Like kind of familiarize yourself with how to mobile order. Yes. And it'll tell you where the bathrooms are. It'll tell it'll give you walking directions. If you are at Small World and you want to go to Galaxy's Edge, it will give you walking directions. See where you need to go. The only thing I'm going to tell you is 
that you have to, if you're trying to describe this to Rob, you can't say left and right. You have to say what the cardinal, <laughs> no, I is it east, is it, is, it, is it west, is it north, is it mm, south? At Disneyland, left big... is west, <laughs> right is east, I'm just, straight but, is north. No, and and no joke, it's before a running we joke. went, before we went, I memorized the layout of both parks so i knew where oh, to go where everything was yeah it's, that's i'm a visual person i teach yep. art this is how i roll i i had it all in my head so when we go and nick knows because you know we've gone to the parks together and someone says we're such and such i'm like okay over here here we go just it's part of how i i want to navigate i know where everything yeah. is and i want to memorize it in advance he's, yes he's an explorer he's like magellan <laughs> I, love I love it well, i love it map it out i feel better and i honestly i feel more comfortable knowing that okay i know where everything is so if they mm-hmm. want to go let's go find those the nemo submarines okay i know it's right over here you don't want to find this restaurant you can skip it's, those well but but i can find it if i need to you know it's right. kind of on the edge over, over there by small world and over by autopia kind of in the middle yes, there like right in between you know so it's 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 kind of a way for me to just relax a little bit knowing that okay if we want to go there i don't have to like scramble and look and that's one thing i didn't mention about the app if you can't memorize or you don't want to memorize it you open up that app and there's that map on there for you and it gives you bathrooms so you mm-hmm. you got a kid who's got to go right now or an adult that you can open the app and see right away okay where can i go and eat where's the where's this restaurant that we want to go to it's, it's and ahead of time, handy. you can pull up menus and you can kind of, if you're budgeting your trip, you oh, can yeah. see what menus are offered, how much each entree is going to cost you, what you can yep. expect mm-hmm. to spend. I mentioned fuel rods earlier. We love fuel rod uh, phone chargers. You can pull up all of the fuel rod kiosks so you know where mm-hmm. you can get your next phone charger from. Um, first aid stations. First aid, you know baby where to go get centers. a band-aid. Mm-hmm. If you have a single rider in your group, if you know someone wants to go ride on their own, you can find what rides offer single riders. You can see height restrictions. I mean, it's such a user-friendly, awesome app, but don't walk into the park on your first morning and start using it then. Familiarize yourself with it ahead of time. Yeah, and yep. one of the one of the features I really love on either of the apps is the search feature. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. we just used this the other day when we were recording. We were wondering where the beignets are. We're <laughs> always on beignet watch because <laughs> they keep moving them around at Disneyland while they're closing things down and renovating different things. So. You can go into that search bar and type in beignets and it will populate what restaurants have beignets for you. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited that we matched up on our number one. Yeah, that's that, awesome. Like, I, I kind of feel like like that deserves a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is going to go so many funny directions. You're going to go yeah. bath, like a, a, a hockey horn and, yeah. you know, it's... <laughs> Giving, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, giving me access to a Foley board is not exactly the best, the oh best my choice. Or maybe it is. Maybe it's an excellent choice. <laughs> uh, uh, when we talk about something gross, we need to do the foghorn sound. Like, yeah. that, <laughs> like when we're talking, yeah, the... <laughs> like th- that yeah. one we got to add in. I like that one. Yeah, we can we can add it in. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say before, before we um, wrap things up with you guys, how excited we were to have you on the show today um you know we we really enjoyed our time on on your show uh, we hope you enjoyed your time with us um but we really appreciate all that you do for your listeners and making them feel a part of the the Disneyland family because I have not been to Disneyland but when I listen to your show I really feel like you guys draw me right in and and feel like a part of that of that crew as well so I wanted to thank you for for that um I know that Rob enjoyed enjoyed it for the same reasons so thank you guys so much for being here and for having such a great quality content and great show it, it truly makes yeah. me happy to listen i mean you guys are so positive and like i mean we can see you now and again it's an audio medium but you're always smiling and even when i'm listening to you i can tell you're having a great time and, and you're smiling <laughs> and you know nick and i are always kind of smirking and, and shooting <laughs> back and forth but a d- different vibe but fits so well i, I just love listening that's to your very show. nice thank you and we uh, feel um, the same way about you guys you, uh-huh. we told you this awesome. when we recorded with you you have such a great uh what was the word i used i can't remember oh i lose words because i'm 44 now um <laughs> uh it's a good you have a good show <laughs> i can't remember what the what i said last time i was much more eloquent I thought you were gonna say great big beautiful tomorrow. That would have fit perfectly. Before we do that, I wanna I want you guys to let the yeah. listeners know where they can find you and where the yeah, 
you know, where they can find you on social media, where they can stream your podcast. Um, just kind of give yourselves a, a, a big giant plug here. Sure. So we are on pretty much all the streaming platforms, Rope Drop and Park Hop, um, a Disneyland podcast, I believe is what our title says. Um, we've been branching out into Disney World a little bit more. So that's been fun. And cruises and adventures by Disney and all that fun stuff. So um, and then on Instagram, you can find us rope drop dot park hop and also on Facebook, the same. And we have a new Facebook group that has been really fun to be part of and have more discussion with our listeners. So I'm part of it. Find us. Yay. It's a, it's a kind of a good group. Like it's taking oh, it's life and it's fun and we're having some good conversations over yeah. there. We like it a lot. Yeah, You put some pictures on there. It's great. It's fun to follow. Yeah. I love that yeah, stuff. It's pretty fun. We like it too. And we like interacting with our listeners a lot. So yeah. please come find us. It's always a good time over at Rope Drop and Park Up. Do you want to take a shot of that, that show closing? Oh my gosh. It, no. Now that I'm on the, now that I'm on the spot. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And tomorrow is just a list away. Tune in next time. And we'll see you real soon. 